It's your boy here, Lita Johnson. We are back. Loving the love I'm getting, man. Just been really busy. A lot of people been wanting to listen to a lot of um, a lot of things I got going. I'm going to go with this, man. I'm going to go periodically with things that are going on. And we go with uh, the NBA draft. This is it. I released my top 50 prospects. I'm true to what I'm saying. And it's time to explain a couple of things before I start writing up. I got five parts. I got a, a couple of series coming up for NBA draft room talking about, you know, each one, five, five prospects at a time. And let's just get to it. R.J. Hampton, that's, that's the big deal. R.J. LaMelo seems to be the battle right now in this draft. But nobody's thinking about when college basketball starts. It is all in the hype of R.J. Hampton, LaMelo Ball, which they should be. I'm just glad LaMelo's finally getting his just due because, I mean, it was times when he wasn't even in the first round in some drafts. He wasn't even on, he wasn't even on draft boards. There was times, I mean, people are listening to, like, this is the nation of trending. LaMelo has been a top 10, top 5 prospect ever since he was, I mean, since he played. I really don't even see what the hype is about. It's like newfound hype. And it's kind of different, you know what I'm saying? I think I think what people don't understand about Lamelo is that he just been playing basketball, and then you got the dad part of it. People are not really judging for prospects. They're not. They're not. They judging for okay. How does this person feel about him? How does this person? I've started to realize that it's like a group of people. They make a decision. They make conscious decisions on who they feel. They're not looking at the play and playing ball most of the time. Look at them cats. They probably talking to other analysts, and they and they talking at that time. Not even looking at the outcome of what he, they're doing on the court. They're basically just like they already got it in their head where this person gonna stand without even no matter what he does. Because I just don't see how after the season that Sky Lewis and Brian Antoine had in the high school floor, after NBA scouts continuously said that these guys are NBA guys since their sophomore seasons. Now all of a sudden, Scotty Lewis is not their guy. Or he hasn't evolved to such a great player. Brian Antoine had clearly the better season. He was just so dominant for Rainey. So dominant. And it's like, if he would have went to Duke, Kentucky, we would have been talking right now. He would have been placed in the top ten right now. But since he went to Villanova, everybody like, oh, he won't come out this year, so why put him up there? No, you are rating him what you think they should do. What you think they should be at. Not because he's going to Villanova and, oh, he won't come out to the second season, so we're going to put him in the next draft. No, Antoine's gone, man. The best duo in high school basketball is gone. That's it. Say what y'all want. And it's crazy because I think if Brian Antoine and Sky Lewis would have both went to Duke, Kentucky, we would have been talking about, oh, top five, both of them. Telling you, it's a popularity thing. Let's get right to it. RJ Hampton is number one because he is the best his offensive game is rounded out to a whole different level. Like, from his sophomore season to right now, he's evolved and got even more. Nobody can stop R.J. Like, if you're trying to look at LaMelo and, and look at what R.J. did versus LaMelo, look at EYBL R.J. All right? Look at LaMelo and his playing with the Drew League and all that. Just look, But R.J. has been more dominant offensively. 
He has. There's nothing you can do with his jump shot. Melo has a great jump shot. He's one of the best shots in this in this draft. One of the best shooters in this draft. But he's not better than RJ. That's just how good RJ is. RJ's mental aspect of the game, once he steps on the floor and put the ball in his hands, and how he irritates the competition. His facial movements. <laughs> and what I mean by that, when you when you know you're good and before the game, you're aiming at RJ. You want him to do bad. And he's laughing in your face. He's talking to you. He's trash talking. The throwback. That that's a that's a listen, that's a skill too. If a like Joel and B, if a person can get into you mentally, that's chess game. That's that that's it, checkmate. And then you got his athletic ability is the, the thing. You talking about what changed a little bit? I think he's gotten better. He he he's six six. 190. Let's get that, you know, I, I got that cleared already. He's gained eight pounds since being over there. So he'll be 200 pounds, probably. I think he'll be that, a 6'6", 200-pound point guard. And the more he plays behind the point guard role, the better he gets. Like, he just really got into the point guard role, role really. And I talked with his pop, and he was like, yo, RJ's a point guard. And I used to say, yo, he's a, he's a shooting, he's better at shooting guard. And I still think that because he could still be averaging seven, six, seven, eight assists. At, at shooting guard. But, of course, it's going to take a little bit from him, a little bit, depending on what team he's from. He might average five assists because he's a killer. He's such a good scorer. You want him to be able to do that. And now with his great court vision as he plays point guard, his court vision gets better and better and better and better. So at shooting guard, when you make him be the killer, he's, he's just going to be hard to stop. He's going to be able to get people involved. He makes people around him better. And then on defense. The underrated aspect of his game is the defense. I don't think nobody looks at just how good of a defense. He's one of the top three defensive players in this draft. Hard worker, hustler, great hands, gets the steal, gets the block, irritates you, physical. I mean, he's what you want to build your team around. And what makes it that is that that's when the point guard aspect comes in because he can play both positions at an elite level. He can play a shooting guard. And be and be one of the best players, be the best shooting guard in this draft. And he can play point guard. Now, ask that about LaMelo. Can you put him at shooting guard and point guard? He's the best player in this draft. Can you put him at both positions and he's the best player at shooting guard and the best player at point guard? He's the best point guard and the best shooting guard. It was a, it was a tug of war between him and Cole Anthony. And I had talks, you know. Shout out to Rod, man. We we pick each other brain. Very smart dude. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. Smart. Uh, really knows the game. Knows about hard work. Straight up. But I'm like, okay, look at Cole Anthony. Because for a minute, you know, everybody knew Cole Anthony was my number one guy in this draft. When RJ came down, I said, ooh, I don't know. Because RJ, to, to, be, to be honest, RJ and um, Cole... The thing about Cole Cole ain't got that shot like RJ. It, it just, and he's not as long as he is. I mean, he's strong. He's, he, I don't know how stronger he'll be than a 6'6 guy with, with, a, with a longer, you know, he's longer and he's stronger. Uh, RJ just, it's just, just that. That's why I say it's a, uh, if I had to rate them on scales of, you know, both of them are 10 players, but if I had to give one a score over the other, it would be um, Cole 9, RJ 10. I just feel like that's that. And then you're looking at the same thing with Anthony Edwards. See, this is Anthony Edwards. Uh, it's, it, it's the same type of draft in 94 when it was Glenn Robinson, Grant Hill, and Jason Kidd. 
Does anybody remember that draft? That was a very good draft, and that was the top three that set the tone. And this draft that set the tone, even though it's, it's two other guys, we'll talk about that. R.J. Hampton, uh, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards. That's it right now. But you still got Scotty Lewis, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. It's kind of crazy, right? Let's talk about that. Anthony Edwards is the Ant Man is a beast. I'm not knocking everybody. Oh, Ant Man did this and that. Ant Man is good. Ant Man been good since that 2020 class has brought some dogs over here, didn't it? Ant Man's good. Ant Man was in contention for number one overall. If right now, if RJ and Anthony Edwards was over there in 2020 class, it would be a different type of. How are you going to talk about Kay Cunningham? It would have been looking at the stuff now. It would have been Anthony Edwards. It would have been, uh, this is how people would have rated it. Anthony Edwards would have been over uh, Kay Cunningham. There's no, no question. He'd have been over Kay Cunningham. They would have had uh, Kay number two. They would have had Jalen Green number three. They would have had even Mobley. It's, it's just a bunch of retarded mess that Jalen Green's not number one. But, hey, they would have been. And then R.J. Hampton would have been right there, right after then the crazy part is, I don't think they would have been smart enough to put RJ, looking at how people rate people, I don't think they would have been smart enough to put RJ right there at the top three. Because really, in my opinion, if you put Anthony Edwards and RJ back in 2020, there's a Jalen Green, there's a RJ Hampton, and there's, a, and there's an Anthony Edwards. Now we go back to the Anthony Edwards, RJ Hampton thing. Anthony Edwards is explosive like Tracy McGrady. He's a smaller Tracy McGrady. He's explosive. He can play D. I mean, he, he, he's the real deal. But he's not a better scorer, quicker. I mean, and they're, and they're really like 9.5 to 10. Now, that's where they are. They're 9, 5, 10. Anthony Edwards is 9, 5, and RJ is 10. RJ just could play. He's a better all-around player. He's just a better all-around player. It puts him over Anthony Edwards. All right, we're talking NBA. Now, we're not talking high school ball. We're talking who's evolving, this and that. RJ's played overseas. He's clearly, you know, schooling guys. It's preseason, right? Y'all thinking, oh, well, RJ's been this good. This is, he's not just coming in there. He was never scoring 18 points a game in his whole basketball. So, you cannot say this is just preseason. I don't want to hear that, man. Because everybody's making a big deal out of LaMelo in the preseason. How you can't make this is how you do it, and it's crazy right now that people say preseason and the hype of these guys because you go to the NBA, they'd be like, "Oh, it's just preseason. Oh, it's just summer league." This is when guys show out; they show out. So, um, let's go to number four. I want to clearly point out that James Wiseman is my guy. I just think, I think a lot of people. When I talk about James Wiseman, shout out to my guy Mike Draft Room. You know, us at NBA Draft, when we get down, we are the best in NBA mock drafts. Shout out to my guy Zona Sports. We are the best out here, man. Um, just I just want to, James Wiseman's good, man. But when, I, I think it's me, and I, I have to confess, James Wiseman is a beast. But, how many big fives are you going to get? He doesn't look like anything that's um, – like RJ, he's, he, he's a great shot. He can shoot at six, 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 seven. 
But when you're that size, things come easy. And 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 you're showing now you're showing outside shot blocking. This is everything you should be able to. You know, the outside shot is the only thing in the handling like a guard that the big men are doing today. That are different. You know, Jokic. You might see Anthony Towns do the same thing. You definitely see Joel Embiid do it. And you're looking at even Mobley. You're looking at uh, Wiseman. And you're like, oh, these are guys that can shoot from the outside, handle the rock. Let's compare these two guys. They're almost the same. Who's better? Is it Mobley? Is it Wiseman? I watch both of them play, and I see the same type of player. I really just know who I would choose over right now. Um, It's so that they're about the same. Do I have to pick? Right now, at the top of my head, I'm picking Wiseman. Like, I mean, they're just about the same type of player. You look at Mecker, Maker, he's another guy. Everybody, oh, he, he looks like his brother. Like, we've seen this before. And you being that big, when you have that skill, things come easier. But when you don't look at the smaller man, how harder it is for them to get above the rim, get over bigger people, get through bigger people, I just don't see the judgment. I think the wow factor at this generation, having so many big men that can handle the rock, it's different. I think that's why people are wild by it. You know, uh, they choose Kamunga over Terrence Clark. I was like, huh, I love Kamunga. Kamunga's going to be something special. But Clark is just such a dog. I think guys being 6'5 and 6'6 and able to take over the floor, that's a little bit different for me. I mean, you got to be special to do that. 6'6, 6'7. Um, we can get right down to it. You know, I could talk about the top 100 also in this segment. It'll be the second segment. I could talk about the top 100. But right now, we're talking about the top 50. Top 100 Philly Sports Network, we'll talk about that. We'll get into that. But this is the top 50. We're talking about NBA right now. Um, Scotty Lewis. If you want me to be all the way 100% real... Cole Anthony is my most, my number one, most NBA ready player right now because he's um, he's patient. He's just so patient with the game. You have to be patient when playoff time comes. The game slows down. What can he do at that position? He's always been a point guard. The number two guy, Scotty Lewis. His mental in this game is what is the 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 number one factor. He's always been athletic. He has the potential to do everything on the floor, but his mental, the, the decisions he makes, the way I feel like he's ready. He's like a, a better, I used to say Michael Jordan, man, because in school, yo, that, that was only a premature, you know, I just saw the way he elevated on people and it was crazy. You know, the way he played with his passion, he looked like Jordan. His passion looked like Jordan. But I clearly see he's a, a Scottie Pippen 2.0. That's what it, that's what he is. Scottie Pippen 2.0. 3.0. I mean, he just can do everything on the floor. Like, if you go on the defensive side, you got a guy who's gonna get you. You go on the offensive side, you got a guy you, you can play point. I feel like he could play a point forward. He could be the guy you get the ball to and you can build your team around. That's just that's just my thing there. You go to number six and it's mellow. This is where mellow falls. Because everybody below him, I feel like he can do the same thing. He can be better. He's longer. He can shoot. 
He makes good decisions. He can rebound, and he's an improving defensive player. The the thing is now, what, what happens now that he gets his just due like he should have got, because like I say, with the McDonald's All-Americans, I don't really – I think the rules should change, man. If you're, 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 you're one of the best players in your class, you should be able to go up for McDonald's All-American. I clearly feel like that's just a, a bummer. Like, I don't even understand why people agree with that. But it is what it is. Uh, Dini, Dini Abdesia. If I'm saying this right, I'm watching him, seeing his tapes, seeing all his games, and he's the real deal. Ain't nothing you can say about that. Like a baby Luca almost. Except Luca's a little bit different. You know, he's that good. He's superstar status. But Dini can come in here and do some things, man. And I'm, I'm anxious to see this guy, what he can do. He can shoot. He can pass. I'm anxious to see what he does in the NBA after Luka, what he did. There's a lot of good international prospects coming. Nico Manny, let's talk about it. Very deep point guard draft. Um, Mello, uh, um, Nico is, I remember before, people weren't really giving him his just due when he was first even before he even committed to Arizona. Nico averaging 30 points a game on y'all boys. How is that not up to par? I just don't get that. How? The stuff Nico did at great competition, the stuff he has done. I remember when he battled Cole Anthony. Ooh, that was a battle. He's battled everybody. He's been right there. He is your number eight player. Nico can move up to top five. See, this is when it gets interesting. Because Nico's one of those players who can move up into a top three talk. He can really do a lot with the basketball. Brian Antoine, this is where he's at. Y'all have got to be silly and out of your mind. What makes you think Brian Antoine is not a top, cannot be a one and done? Because you think he won't? Is that what it is? Then you're not judging your prospects right. What makes people think, what makes people actually think that Brian Antoine is not a top 10 player? Do not tell me because you feel like he won't come out this draft. Put him where he should be. Among these players, where do you feel Brian Antoine is? He's definitely there. He's, he's explosive. He can pass. He can influence the game, plays defense, you know. Getting with Nova, he'll be an even better player. Do you know what type of player he will be coming through Villanova? You see guys like Michael Bridges, Josh Hart, Ryan Archie Diacono, a Sheffield, Phil Booth. You've seen these guys turn into straight stars, studs. Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen Brunson. These guys were good and then elevated their games to be championship. Look, regardless of what, they're in the NBA now, okay? But they have played championship ball. You play winning championship ball. Last year's team was the best coaching job Jay Wright ever did. And them guys played like they was trying to get the championship to the end. Play hard. And that was a hard thing to me because I was like, oh, man, some of these situations I just feel like, oh, these guys ain't involved enough. These guys ain't ready. There's no chemistry. But, man. You look back at that season, they played some hard ball. Games against Kansas. Games against Marquette. Games against George. I mean, it was St. John's. It was some good games. 
So, we come to another conclusion, which is number 10. And this is an important guy here, Cassius Winston. This is the best player in college basketball right now. He is my pick for player of the year. And you see him on second-round boards late. Some of them early, but it's all second-round. How are you looking at a guy that came into this game? This has to be, I want to be perfectly clear and understand this. Cassius Winston was a five-star point guard. He's the 31st-ranked player in his 2016 class. He's played four years, though. So that's the knock against him. Look, let's start calling out. Let's start calling people out a little bit. Analysts, NBA, college. What is the purpose of him not being a top 10? The guy averaged around eight assists a game, 18 points last year. He was he came out, he he was y'all five star. He was one of y'all top 31 guys. He top five point guard, number two in his state. So you mean to tell me? That this is because he stayed longer and these guys are coming in. What was the expectations of him coming in as a high school prospect? Y'all must have thought lower of him to think that his achievement coming to his senior season makes him not a top 10 guy. I don't get that. Can y'all give me something? Okay, let's just do it like this. RJ Hampton, Nicole Anthony. Let's just go. In the mellow ball. Let's go. Let's go right now. We know, we know that he's 6'2", 194. So the size differential in all the guards, they're going to come. All right, all right. We, we can go on that. Size. Shooting. Cassius Winston is not a shooter, but he's averaging 39 points. He, he shoots like 39% for three-point line, though. But he's not, he's, he's not R.J. Hampton. He's not, he's not a mellow ball size, okay. And Cole Anthony more explosive. But after that, you know, you got Nico Mannion, another guy he, he can he can really, and that's the guy he can kind of go in between with. But Nico's a better scorer. But after that, look at all these guards that they come in. Look at all these players that come in this draft. He's more accomplished. He's a, he's a, he's the best decision maker in the whole draft. He's the best passer in the whole draft, and he can still score on you, slash on you, shoot on you, all that. So what takes him out? And he succeeded. At the college level. So what takes him out the top 10? I, I'm lost on that one. That, that's totally beyond me on that one. Totally beyond me. All right. Number 11 is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Another Villanova guy. This guy continues. After the Team USA games, it's a wrap. He's out of here. He's going to the NBA. Unless he decides to do a Trey Jones. That's a new rule. The Trey Jones. Everybody look at the Trey Jones. Or do the Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was a junior. Because it came out. Went back a senior year. Let's do it. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is that guy. He's the most all-around front court player at the four and five positions you're going to see in this draft. Period. What? Say something. Anybody? Let, let me get an argument on that one. At 6'9", 240, there's no guy at that size doing what he can do in this draft. He can play the four and the five, especially in today's game, a positionless basketball. He can be an absolute problem. He reminds me of Sharif Abdul-Rahim 2.0, okay? That's who he reminds me of. All right, now we look at Isaiah Stewart, um, the, the best pure, big, brutal beast. I mean, he's a beast. He's a, ah, her. 
He's just so brutal. Got to give him that. Uh, Trey Jones, no question, man. You got to understand that. I can understand if somebody wanted to put him higher. This is where the draft gets a little iffy. You know, I feel like in the top three, top five, um, I, I say uh, top six is definite. That, that, that first six is definite to me. But after that, you can, you can do whatever you want. If you feel like Melo deserves to be top five, okay, I got you. But that top three is definitely it. I'm going to do it like that. How about that one? Top three is it. After that, you can go ahead and do your scramble, whatever. But um, Trey Jones, Josh Green, and 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 Trey Jones has been, and then Josh Green is going to be something special. I love this dude game. He can go up. He can possibly go top ten also. Next is um, um Matthew Hurt. I mean, at at that size, he's probably one of the one of the one of the best matchup problems in this draft at his size and how he can shoot and how he can score. I think Matthew Hurt really, really hurts the college game. He's going to be a problem to hold. Theo Meldine, another point guard out of France. This dude, one of the best two-way players in the draft. Um, it's going to be something to see if he – is he going to end up like um, Isaac Bonga or Frank uh, – excuse me, the Frank Nakilina. Sorry, Kilatina. Dang, I'm sorry. Dude is a good two-way player for New York. Uh, he was playing for New York. Look at those guys like that. Will he end up like those guys? Will he end up like an Isaac Bonga and not be that guy? But he has all the potential, and I think he's he 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 has more uh, energy than these guys. Um, Oka Agbaji for Kansas. Agbaji is a, is you gotta look at this kid. I really believe he's a 17th top 20 guy. One seat now he has the floor to do. You know the Lawsons are gone. He has the floor to be him. And I think he's going to do great this year with uh, Silvio De Salsa back, who is also on my list, and Devon Dodson and as a Buke. I think this team is going to be something to look at. You're going to have to really, really watch out for this squad. Um, Tyrese Maxey, another point guard. I just feel like big-time top 20 guy. Precious Achiawa, this guy can play ball. Vernon Carey, that's your top 20, y'all. Precious Achiawa is going to – he's another guy that can move up to top 10. So can Vernon Carey. These are two guys who are studs. Vernon Carey has an outside shot. I think if you look at it between him and uh, Isaiah Stewart, as good as Isaiah Stewart is, you know, Carey could also even be better. It could be a switch. They could both be in top ten. Samuel Williamson is a smooth scorer, man. He is going to – him and Jordan Nawara are going to be great there for Louisville. And you still got Aiden Aji Hine. Coming in, you got Nickelberry coming in. I, that Louisville team is strong. Um, Reggie Perry. He has. Are we forgetting about Reggie Perry? High school All American game. Anybody remember that? All right. Anybody remember him with Team USA? Okay. Every time he shows up, he shows out. 6'9. Can handle the rock like a point guard. He has point guards, passing skills, can rebound. I really, look, I've, all, I've been on record. I'm a Sixer fan. If it's one guy this year that I want the Sixers to get to be Reggie Perry. Put him on the bench, let him develop, put him on G. Need a talent like that. That's 6'9". Um, Jermaine Samuels, Villanova, another guy that I feel like he'll be there. I think he'll be the Big East best player. 
I just think he's ready now. He's ready to show everybody what he's about. It's a borderline four-star, five-star coming out. A.U. DeSunlu is going to have a, a season. Illinois is all his. Another point guard. Jordan Aurora. Just talked about him. We have another one. Killian Tilly. Gonzaga. Going to be one of those monsters. Jaden McDaniels. Now, he could easily move up. You know, you got Isaiah Stewart and Quiet Green there. He could easily move up if he, if he turns it up. These are some guys on this team that, you know, if they have those type. Khalil Whitney, another guy with so much talent at small forward. He could move up. Trenton Watchford. Let's just see what he does. He can move up or down. We'll see what he does. I think he has a lot of talent. Another guy, a sixer candidate. Um, he can play ball. He's 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 one of those natural power forwards. Uh, Johnny Juzang. Oh man, he can move up. Number thirty prospect. He can move up. In today's game, with that jump shot and his ball handling skills. What you're looking at is a guy that can play basketball the right way. And if you put him in Kentucky, listen, that he's the X factor for Kentucky. You got Keon Brooks, you got guys, but he's the X factor. You unloading a heck of a monster in Kentucky with Johnny Juzang. You are unloading a heck of a monster. If you bring him off the bench or start him, when you give him the ball, when you set him up for plays, pick and roll, or dish it out to him on the outside perimeter, he's dangerous. When he has the ball in his hands, you're in trouble. He's one of the best, him and R.J. Hampton, of the best shooters in this draft. Say what you want. They were my favorite shooters in 2020. It's a lot of good shooters, but him and R.J. Hampton are the smoothest shooters, best shooters in this draft from long range. So watch out for him. Watch out for Johnny Juzang. He's a guy to watch out for. Cassius Stanley. You know what? I'm confused. As much as he's done. and I, I, I'm not really confused. But just a little bit. Because now he's with Duke. And you know Cassius is going to put him in a position to succeed. He's you're looking at Zion Williamson and all these dunking guys. And. He's really an underrated all-around player. He can handle the rock. He can pass it. And then when he's so, he's probably, to me, the most dangerous guy in transition in this draft, in my opinion. I mean, once he gets the ball and he's running like a locomotive, watch out. He's going to rise above you, drive through you, under you, shoot a shot. He's so fast. He's so quick and fast from transition. It's Jalen Smith. Man, he's going to be good this year. He's going to be the man at uh, Merlin. E.J. Montgomery. Watch out for E.J. Montgomery. Everybody talking about Kentucky. It's his time to show it, and I think he will show it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, to me, was so impressive in Team USA play. Silvio D. Salsa. Watch out for Silvio D. Salsa. He's here now. Athletic monster. Watch out. Joey Baker, one of the most underrated shooters in this draft. If he gets his time, which I think this is it this year, the sophomore year, He's a five-star. He was part of that great recruiting class that had Jones and Barrett and Williamson. It's on now. Marcus Howard, big-time shooter, another point guard. Enfile Dante, Obi Toppin, Charles Bassey, Devon Dotson, Tyler Bay, Ashton Hagens, Jordan Tucker, who we forget, him and A.J. Reeves are two guys. There's my next guy, A.J. Reeves. Everybody forgetting about the Tucker displayed what everybody thought 
when he came out of high school with Butler. A.J. Reeves was clearly, clearly a problem before he got hurt for profit. James Akinjo is another point guard. We look at all these point guards. The season that he had as a freshman cannot go unnoticed. Xavier Tillman, Kyra Lewis, Aaron Wiggins, another underrated player, and Mac McGlung, number 50. Mac is going to make things happen. Mac is, listen, man, he had bad shooting percentages last year, but this is, he's stronger, he's training. This is the guy that got a heart of gold. Watch out for him. Now, what I want to get to is my players to watch. Hi, my guys to watch. Quade Green is one number one. We're talking about one of the top point guards in this class. All the hype. And, you know, he got to Kentucky and realized it's a log jam and all types of players. Depends on who's favorites or whatever. It's a lot of favor. Now he's in Washington, the starting point guard in Washington. With Isaiah Stewart and Jay McDaniels, oh, it's going to be something nice at Washington. He's going to be something to watch out for. I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped into a first-round consideration. I just wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't be. Late second, late second round. We're going to see what happens, but we'll see how. Sadiq Bay, if this team wins it, and I always say if this team wins the championship, yeah, because that's when the, 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 the popular level goes up for Villanova. Everything gets turned up. Sadiq Bay is, he does, he did it when it comes from Sitwell, friends. He does it all. He could pass the ball, shoot the three. Everything he did at Villanova, I was not surprised at. I, it's always a mental level. Are you mature and mental, mentally ready to handle it? And he was. He showed it. He displayed it. So watch out for him. These are guys that could come out. And only if the, I think if they go to the championship or win it. It could even be a Final Four appearance because these guys are going to show. It's so much talent on the floor at Villanova. It's going to be a whirlwind of things being shown, and the NBA is on full display. Because they're also looking at guys like Antoine, um, Robinson Earl, and, and, and Samuels. Like the, you've heard people in college talk about they're waiting for the, one of the breakout players, Jermaine Samuels. So it's, it's going down. Jay Scrub, he's an interesting prospect. Can score in the one Juco player coming out, coming into Louisville. Nick Richards, good center. Uh, Lamar Stevens. Um, Nick, I think Rick, Nick Richards. Let me go back. Nick Richards, he has a lot of, um, kind of like Marcus Bolden, they have a lot of expectations. And he's saying that how good he's going to be. So I'm going with him as a prospect to watch. He's always a former five-star, always a prospect to watch. Lamar Stevens, he's been, he had a breakout year last year, 18 a game. He's going to be even better this year. I can see him being a good second-round pick in this draft, no question. Uh, Nazia Carter, watch out. This guy can fly. This guy is athletic. He can score. I like him. Omar, you're seven. If everybody remembers how high he was on people's draft boards when he first came out. Now he's with Georgetown, a team that has a lot of talent. I think he does a lot with that team, and he gets that notice again. But how much development can he get? Um, Yaduka Ajubuke. Um... No question. He could be a good second-round center. Can he get to that point? C.J. Ellaby, one of the best shooters in the, in the country. Can he get to that point? 
Uh, Ike Abigu, he went to Seton, Seton Hall, and uh, he's another guy that came out. Holly Tyler sent out his class. Let's see what he does with Seton Hall in the Big East. He's going to be a problem in the Big East. All right? He's going to be a problem. Colin Gillespie. Let's talk about small players. Not too many small players. If the Carson Edwards proved it, he can shoot. Um, we've seen Archie Diakono. We've seen Buddy Hill. And what I'll say this for is because Marcus Howard, we've seen him. In big-time play, in the tournament play, when you see a guy in this today's game, when you have a three-point shot, that's big. And Colin Gillespie is physical, has a three-point shot, and he plays for Villanova. And he's going to be one of the leaders. He's going to have the ball. He's going to be a distributor. He's going to be a leader. So he's going to have all the opportunity to, make, to, to, to take over in big games, to be contributing big games, to make big plays. So watch out for Gillespie. And I always say his time is the tournament. If he goes to the NCAA tournament and starts to show what he has, NBA scouts will jump on him. All right? Um, I, Aiden Ajihan. Aiden Ajihan is, I've always liked this kid. You know? I think Louisville has a gem with Aiden. I see a lot out of Aiden Ajihan. And um, he's just a beast of a player. Beast of a player. I really, really like his play. And I think that um, Louisville has one of the best centers in the country. Um, Jamie's Ramsey, even more so. Him and Boogie Ellis. These two guys can really jump into first-round conversation. You're talking about two very talented players. If Ramsey gets the ball and Texas Tech lets him do his thing, and he starts, Ramsey's going to be something different. He's really going to be something. He's a beast. And it's, it's, it, he could be a second-round pick, too. Um, Boogie Ellis, man, he's going to get I mean, he's gonna get the opportunity to be the man. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to be the point. And he's going to be a very talented team. And what you're going to see is Boogie Ellis turn into something different. I think he could be one of those point guards that – Shooting guard, point guards, combo guards that can really, really run the team. Really run the team. And really show what he's about. Memphis has all eyes on him. They had a big-time class, and that big-time class is going to run the floor. And Boogie Ellis is one of those guys. All right. A.J. Broder, my last prospect to watch guy. Listen, if nobody has went to seen A.J. Broder out of Penn, go watch him play. He's one of the best all-around players in the country. Can pass the ball, all around power forwards. I'm gonna be like that. How about not players to make y'all go? I say that too, but it's a power forward. He can pass, he can shoot, rebound, he can do it all. So that's the guy I could watch. That could be a, he's a second round talent to me, but he also could be undrafted. But he's a second round talent. It's no question, second round talent. So listen, y'all. I had to break down everything for y'all. I had to go through. You can you know, rewind this, whatever. Top fifty. Prospects and prospects to watch. There's other guys look at like Kofi Cockburn. There's another guy out of Illinois, a center that could get some noise this year. It's going to be a lot, man. It's going to be a lot. So, listen, I'm out, y'all. Um, this is the first segment. My second segment will be on the top 100 high school prospects in 2020. We'll go at it on that. Got you, man. Follow the podcast right here, man. NBA Draft from Radio.